Good morning and welcome to Faith FM. You are listening right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8 or 88, wherever you are on the continent of Australia or potentially New Zealand or somewhere else. We don't know where you are, but we know that you are listening to us right now because this is The Breakfast Show and it's brought to you by myself, Lawson, and my amazing, wonderful filling co-host for this morning, Denny Melenkov. How are you doing this morning, Denny? I am praising the Lord, top of the world. Can't <laughs> complain one little bit. Oh, incredible. Hey, well, thanks for coming in. Unfortunately, Danuta is still feeling unwell, and so she's at home, resting up, getting better. Hopefully, we'll see her again soon. But, Danny, what's been up, dude? Like, What's been, been up? There's been a lot of things that, that have been up. Uh, the Indians put up a spacecraft that landed well, on the moon. We, we talked about that, yeah. yeah that, that was pretty cool. And mm. um, But, no, look, I've just been a busy bee, been running around, mm. uh, catching up with different people, running a seminar here, there, and everywhere, hanging out with your buddies there at the North Newcastle um, University. Yeah, That was fantastic. Yeah. I had a blast with them and, um, yeah, dropped my age by about 20 years. Yeah. But my years have caught up with me again since <laughs> I finished that program. So it's been great. I've really enjoyed it. And, yeah, just, just been enjoying this year's journey, just going and catching up with different people, different churches, meeting a whole bunch of new people and being able to share the good news of the gospel. Mm, yeah, of course, you are a host here on Faith FM for the That's Looking right. Show Up then, show on Wednesday afternoons, but as well, you have this whole other realm of getting out there and meeting people with the message of the gospel. Hey Amen. That's because I'm, a, I'm the kind of person that can get myself into a lot of mischief. And mm. so I needed, I needed to be really busy about doing sure. something good. So sure. busy doing the Lord's work. So praising the Lord, enjoying uh, that. Amen. I know how you feel, man. I am like flat out right now with, you know, work and study. And it's like, do I even have time to do anything or be anything other than a, a student and a host on Faith FM? Well, I guess not. <laughs> well, coming up in today's show, we are going to be doing an amazing interview, looking in and getting some insights into Aboriginal culture and religion and how we can take a step into that world to reach people in that particular situation. We're also going to be having some fantastic news and a Bible study on the book of Ephesians. We're going to be in chapter 5. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. We are going to have our first quiz for today. We're going to be doing the draw today. So, guys, these are your final opportunities to get in for our amazing prize, the Heroes of the Bible board game. Hey, Danny, are you are you a gamer? Do you like playing board games? I uh, love playing board games. Yeah. yeah. Um, I enjoyed doing that when the uh, pandemic hit. And sure. then there was a power outage as well on, on one occasion. And <laughs> the kids didn't have their computers uh, up and going. So we all had to play Monopoly. We had the candles out yeah, and you know, getting it done. Well, fantastic. hey, we've got an amazing board game we're giving away. It's called Heroes of the Bible. Oh, that would be like... I'd love it. Just awesome. And I think the cool thing about it is that, okay, so something that I've found oftentimes with board games that are like not, and I'm not saying this is just just with spiritual board games, but board games that are a little bit amateur is that the game itself isn't well thought through and there usually isn't like a, a 
great aspect of like creativity mm. with a lot of like amateur but some people just come in and knock it out of the park and mm. there's like amazing board game um you know projects that you can support and play and whatnot but this one it's like it's a spiritual board game that then it's like you have customizable pieces of the board so you can play basically a different game every single time mm. And it's it's so awesome. Hey, so you've played this game? I I have not. I've just read the blurb about it. I've seen a little video of them playing it. Okay. And of course, when people win the game, it comes with the promise. If we can get near their location, we'll come and play the game with them. So, mm-hmm. guys, hey, zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Maybe Daddy didn't sign up for that. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> it's the number to text. But here is our first clue for today: mm. What sixteen-year-old king built wells outside of Jerusalem so his cattle and herdsmen wouldn't go thirsty? Now, that's from Second Chronicles twenty-six. We always encourage those if you are a regular church attender. So, if you're going to church every week, then you know maybe just use that big brain of yours to know the answer and try and guess who it is. If you're not a regular church attender, we do want to give you some license to crack open the Bible and see, you know, what the answer is. But again, that question was, what 16-year-old king built wells outside of Jerusalem so his cattle and herdsmen wouldn't go thirsty? 0491-064-669. That is the number to text. And uh, yeah, guys, please answer that question correct. Get in for Heroes of the Bible. Uh, we are going to jump into some good news this morning. Mm-hmm. I'm going to talk about your eyes. Now, Danny, you wear glasses. I can see that. And I know that Shell, on occasion, you wear glasses as well. How, Danny, how long have you been wearing glasses for? Only since I came into the studio to spend time with you today. I want to have a better look at you. So I want to see you more clearly this morning than I ever have. And so, yeah, you just look so So, much more amazing with my glasses on. No, um, I I guess I've been wearing glasses for a few years now. um, Mainly for reading and when I'm on the computer. So when I'm out and about driving, playing tennis, bike riding, whatever, I don't need them. Okay. Uh, my eyes are not uh, super, super good, but they're, they're good enough for the things that I need to do. But yeah, I definitely need them. And especially for preaching, reading, uh, the Bible, I was using larger and larger print. Like I'm up to the point where in order not to use glasses, I've got to have 18 size print wow. <laughs> on my notes and so yeah it's it's you've you've gone down the glasses route, and that's pretty so it sounds like you've had relatively good eyesight throughout your life oh, i know I've, I've had a dodgy right eye so oh, if you take okay. a closer look at my right eye you'll see that it's a bit sleepy oh, it's, uh, it's hereditary so my dad's passed it on to me he's also got a sleepy eye and oh, so my okay. right eye is dodgy as and um I wouldn't know whether you were Lawson or Shell by just looking at you through my oh, right eye. Oh, wow. Okay. And so it's really, really oh, bad. Oh, so then it's, it's really put the pressure on the other eye. Yeah, that's right. So I think the, yeah, look, I've hit my 50s, mate. When you hit your 50s, it's, it's pretty much downhill, big time. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, you are Shell. Shell, <laughs> Shell. Will, Shell will confirm that. So, But Shell just turned really, 21. What do you yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah, I know. And that's right. But <laughs> she was born February 29. So, um, so you do the maths. No. Yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> Her birthday was like two weeks ago, bro. <laughs> but, no, uh, look, 
Um, so it's just part of life and I've just got to get with the program and that's just where it's at. But it yeah. hasn't stopped me from doing the things that I enjoy. Yeah, doing. absolutely. I know for myself, like, and this is the same with both the- of my parents, neither of us, like my, one of my sisters, she has like a very heavy stigmatism. I think in a right, in a right eye, she's like seven in her left eye. She's like a five, like in terms of the strength of the, of the glasses, like she's, but for, for myself and for my parents and whatnot, like none of us have a history of like, I don't, I don't have any eye problems. In fact, and I haven't tested in a long time, but when I was 15, I did an eye test and I had eyesight that's above perfect. Wow. So you have like 20, 20 vision. Um, but then, you can you can have twenty ten vision, which is like that you see at twenty meters what people see at ten meters. Wow! So that's kind of where I was at. Like, and I don't know if that's if you know if I've if I've downgraded since then, but still, like my eyes are quite good and I can read things from far away. And that's whatnot. like our friend Blair, uh, Blair Lemke. Yeah, he's who's, who's, who's who well, fills in from time to time here yeah. on the breakfast show. He was telling me he is above twenty twenty. I've yeah. never heard of such. Yeah, a thing. yeah, yeah. So there's, there's, that's what, 2020 is perfect. Elite level. Yeah, we're we're up in the the elite status. But um, some research has just come out Mm -hmm. uh, regarding the eye and macular degeneration because what we're seeing in that space, and I think for you as well, as you get older, it's just natural that you start losing vision. And that's because the teeth fall out, all sorts of things. All kinds of things. Hair falls out. (laughs) The brain starts to fail. Well, the biggest thing, the biggest biggest aspect to that is that humans have no ability to regrow retinal pigment cells mm. because basically the situation in your body is that all of your cells are constantly dying and regrowing and, mm. and replicating yeah and so at the older and older you get that process slows down and down and down and down and down until you eventually pass away but the you that you are now is actually completely different from the you that you were say seven eight years ago like every single cell in your body since seven eight years ago has regenerated mm. but that does not happen the for DI. the the skin pigments in your eyes and so that and because of that and also added into age as well and the way that age affects our you know eyes and whatnot then it causes diseases like in particular macular degeneration mm. uh and that's where you they have difficulty because it's like it's a disease where once you start going down that path the body has no mechanism to be able to fight against that because it doesn't regrow those cells. So what can we do about it? Well, a bunch of scientists from the UK, from Nottingham University in Trent, uh, they have gotten together and they have been testing stem cells on the eyes in vitro. So, you know, in the lab, they've been doing these tests and they've been able to regrow like the eye pigment cells. And basically get, again, this isn't in a body, but they've been able to regrow these cells and implement them back into an eye that, you know, they they have on a a Petri dish or whatever um, that was degenerating. They've been able to create cells using stem cells from, you know, for those who don't know, stem cells is using cells from uh, a different organism to be able, you know, that are still alive and have the ability to self-replicate and whatnot and kind of putting them in with dying cells and then there's a boost there that that takes place they've been able to do that with eyes Mm. which again is kind of it's it's crazy because with stem cells how how i understand them working is that you've got cells that are dying and and passing away but still there is some level of growth happening there um the, the cells have potential to grow but they're not they're dying and then you put fresh stem cells in and then it encourages their growth whereas this is in an eye that has 
never had the ability to grow cells before and, and to replace itself. And so you're always losing cells out of your eyes at, at a very slow rate. And then as you get to macular degeneration and whatnot at a, at a, at a quicker rate, they've been able to encourage cells that don't replace themselves to replace themselves. So it's actually working. And it's, it's well, again, this is in a Petri dish. You know, they haven't jumped into someone's eye and, and done this yet. It's in its very early stages of development. Mm. But it's something that people previously thought was impossible because eye cells, these pigment cells, don't replicate. I see, I see, I see what and, you're trying to say. And so, and, and so I think that this is, is amazing. You know, when I read the Bible, and the Bible says that uh, we are made, essentially, from the dust of the ground, and God mm. breathes the spirit of life in us. And then since that point, I'd actually imagine the fact that our eye cells don't regenerate mm. is probably a cause of sin. Uh, because if we're in heaven living forever, right, and we're eating the fruit of life to constantly replenish us mm-hmm, and whatnot, mm-hmm. yeah, those cells would be constantly mm-hmm, replenishing mm-hmm, each other. Mm-hmm. So our ability to actually see and those eye cells to replenish and, and regenerate, also they're not under forces that would, you know, that are as harmful as the world that we live in now. But regardless, um, you know, the rest of our body has a mechanism to regrow itself except for the eyes. I can see that definitely as some kind of consequence of sin. And they've been able to kind of circumvent that here. And, and, I, and I'm, so I'm a little bit, it's a little bit of a touchy thing because I'm like, oh, what do we, what do we do? Like how far is science going? But simultaneously, I think it's a, well, from a pragmatic sense, it's a fantastic invention because for those who are suffering from macular degeneration, if they don't have to go through that anymore, they can see, then they're living their best lives. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. And we are going to have our next quiz. Fill in the blanks. Who can find a virtuous blank for her price is far above blank? Oh, Man. That's a great... We, we can't give any... We can't give any clues away but i just want to say i wholeheartedly agree with the question that is posed in this verse you know Absolutely. who can find a virtuous blank you know i'm i'm right there i'm right there with the the writer of this one i'm like agree um for her price is far above blank zero four nine one zero six four six six nine zero four nine one zero six four six six nine the her might be a little clue Yes. The her in the text. Yes. Might be a little clue for the first part yes. of the quiz question. Absolutely. Yeah. Who can find a virtuous blank for her price is far above blank? You know the answer to that one? Again, that number, 0491-064-669. And also, we are giving away the Heroes of the Bible board game. All you have to do is... All you have to do is uh, give us the correct answer, and then you'll win this amazing board game, which by the getting or winning the draw. So, because we're having a draw, it's coming at 8.45 a.m., just around the corner, you just have to give us the correct answer. Fill in the blanks. Who can find a virtuous blank for her price is far above blank? 0491-064-669. You're listening to The Breakfast Show this morning. We got a text message, some text messages in from Wayne, because I said in our little show intro, we have actually an interview coming up with Pastor John Beck, um, specifically about Aboriginal culture and religion. And he wrote in and said, good morning, boys. Um, hey, 
Aboriginal culture, does that come under animism? And then furthermore, um, does the religion come under the Ostrogoths and the Vandal and the Harry which were rooted up by the roots? And the answer to that will kind of, we'll be talking about that in our interview. Um, because we're specifically, we're going to be looking at what is the Aboriginal religion? And then furthermore, how Christianity you know, works in that space. And, um, and yeah, I, I actually, after we had a conversation with, I had a conversation with Danuta about this a couple of days ago and we we're like, Oh, let's get Pastor John back on to answer some of those questions. Um, and particularly about how Aboriginal people relate to their religion and then relate to Christianity as well. We're going to be talking about that in our next segment. So stay tuned for that. It'll be coming up at around, uh, 7.38 a.m. But Denny. What is happening in the world of current news? What's happening, you know, in, in these different spaces with people and whatnot? Well, probably a better question, Lawson, is what is not happening in the world when it comes oh. to current events as they relate to Bible prophecy. There's a ton happening. And for those who tune into the Looking Up show on a Wednesday afternoon at 3.30, they would be well-versed on what is taking place because we pretty much cover most of the big items that are taking place. But today, just uh, briefly, I want to take a look at uh, what's happening here in our own homeland. Mm. Uh, For the first time in my memory, certainly probably the memory of, of most of our listeners, there is so much legislation that is coming through both from state and federal level that is very much um, looking to curtail religious freedom, which I am, which I am very concerned about. So, mm. we've got three three different items here that are taking place all at the very same time. Like when mm. one of these happens at one time, it's a big deal. Let alone when you have all three, and um, and we know that this is very serious because I'm, I'm not sure if you've covered it. But uh, there in Canberra, we had the Calvary Hospital that yes. was ultimately taken over by the ACT government, mm. literally in a twinkling of an eye. Mm. So something that is unprecedented took place, and um, obviously the government's got their spin on it, but I won't go into the details of, of, of why I think that took place. Mm. But let's just say that we currently have, um, yeah, three, three items. I want to cover the first one here briefly. And that's this combating misinformation and disinformation bill. Mm. Now, this is a federal, uh, a federal bill that's being put forth. And, uh, because the, the media generally channel, Seven, nine, ten, ABC, SBS, they're more left leaning. Uh, whereas Sky News, those who tune into Sky News, they're more conservative. Um, the, the standard media that most people watch do not cover these topics. So most people are oblivious, but this, mm. this combating misinformation and disinformation bill is, is very, very, very dangerous in that what the government is proposing that it is the one that defines truth. Mm. And it will give power to the Australian Communications and Media Authority um, in order for in order for them to scrutinise what can and cannot be shared on social media. Wow! And so this is this is really really serious. And so according to this Australian Christian Lobby um, mm. letter that I received in my in my letterbox because I I subscribe and so forth mm. and they fill me in it says under this unprecedented power the government would be the ultimate authority of truth 
Now, I have a huge issue with that mm-hmm. because the Bible tells me that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and mm-hmm. his word is truth. And so whenever any human being or any institution, be it government or otherwise, decides that it's going to be the arbiter of what is truth, well, that rings alarm bells not only for people of faith but all people. Because yeah. we live in a democracy, we live in a land where there is freedom of speech mm. and for the government to be saying that this is truth, this is this is positive information, this can go, this is disinformation, this needs to be canned, um, that's a very serious thing. And yeah, I think particularly because social media have always been under the scrutiny of laws uh, in terms of their content, particularly in regarding to illegal activities and content and whatnot. Like, and those websites have the ability to enforce those certain guidelines or policies. Like, uh, for example... A website, there are some websites that are like, their their strict law is like, okay, no inappropriate content, for example, like mm. inappropriate sexual content. And there's other websites that don't necessarily have those regulations. And with under the federal law of the internet here in Australia, you can be on either side of that. But then for both of those, um, for both of those websites, if then there was content on there that was abuse in nature or that mm. was, you know, um, involved a person under 18 or whatnot, like the government has the ability to step in and stop that because it's a crime. Absolutely, and I totally agree and with it's that. It's like, yeah, that's, totally that, that's agree like with a, that. But now we're saying, oh, but if you share something that might be an opinion that's the government deems as untrue, now they have the ability to to work in that space as well and actually remove you from social media and you remove your work from your posts from social media because not necessarily because what you're saying is illegal, but, but just because they don't agree. Well, we, we, we have examples even, even to this day, Mm. you know, in in communist regimes and communist governments where Mm -hmm. individuals who are simply Mm -hmm. sharing the gospel, Mm -hmm. um, that's, that's considered misinformation, disinformation. That's considered being an enemy of the state Mm -hmm. and individuals are being locked up or worse. And so we have this taking place right now. And this has happened, you know, down through history, you know, the, the former Soviet Union in China today Mm -hmm. and and you name it. There's a whole Mm -hmm. host of countries. So I'm very concerned about that. I'm also very concerned about the the new law banning religious vilification that mm. passed in Parliament, New South Wales Parliament. I'm not sure if you've covered that. That was at the beginning of this month, 3rd sure. of August. And... Um and this was, uh, yeah, just uh, an, an, another nail in the coffin of freedom of speech and freedom of religion in particular when these things are taken to, to their extreme. And so now, according to the Attorney General of New South Wales, Michael Daly, he says vilification on the grounds of a person's religion or or of no belief is completely unacceptable in our community. Now we have a clear law to protect people from public reactions, actions that incite hatred or serious contempt or severe ridicule of them on the basis of their religious belief or lack of belief. Now, on the surface, this is all good. That sounds good, On the surface, absolutely, we ought to be respectful towards everyone and anyone. However, when individuals deem that something is being disrespectful, something is vilifying them, and it's not, you're just simply just sharing the truth from Scripture in love that can be taken a very different way. Mm. Then there's, um, then there's uh, the, the anti-conversion um, mm. legislation that is, you know, 
being proposed. I'm not sure if it's in our parliament yet. I think it may be. And that will potentially threaten our our educational institutions as far mm. as religious in- educational institutions that will not give them the ability to be able to hire according to their, their faith and according to their ideolo- ideology, mm. as well as you know, to, to have disciplinary issues, oh, I should measures in connection with, with how they go about um, sharing their faith and what is and what isn't acceptable and so on and so forth. Which I think is a massive issue. This is something we've talked on the show about before. And the reason being is essentially you leave Christian schools and, and other types of schools as well, but Christian schools in a position in which they can't provide Christian education. And if they can't provide Christian education, if a Christian school can't provide Christian education, then they just shouldn't exist. Like if, if that's the reality of the situation, like that's, that's where we're at. Just ban Christian schools. If you just want to say, Oh, you can't hire according to faith and therefore you can't create an environment in which people can actually receive a Christian education. Just ban the schools then. Like, like, just, just take the next step because that's ex- essentially what, what you're doing. You're, you're kneecapping the school's ability to be able to do such a thing. And, and it's sad because it's like, Hey, just let, just let money talk. Like if, if parents want to send their kids here and, and pay to send their kids here, particularly because most Christian schools are private. Let them do it. Not to mention, you know, parenting rights that could be curtailed mm-hmm. with some of the legislation that's coming through that you're not able to parent your child in the way that you'd like to parent. Um, you know, preachers, pastors, counselors, and medical practitioners, you know, everyone's going to be under the spotlight as these laws are being rolled out. And, you know, those have been tuning into the Looking Up show, they'll know that this is very much prophetically based because we're looking at this left and the pendulum will swing. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. And you're joined by myself, Lawson, and we've got Danny Melancholy from The Looking Up Show in our breakfast show studio this morning to, to help us out as Danuta is away and feeling sick at the moment. We've also got Shellen here. We've just about to get on the phone to have an amazing interview. But before we get into it, uh, here we go. Our third quiz for today in the parable. What did the servant whose debt had been forgiven go and do? So this is parable, the servant, his debt had been forgiven. What did he go and do? If you know the answer to that one, 0491-064-669. It's actually quite shocking. When you read the story, it's like, man, what is what is this guy doing? But hey, if you know what he does, 0491-064-669, of course, our prize for this week, which is being drawn at 8.45 today, is the Heroes of the Bible board game. We want to give it to you for free. You just have to win the draw. And to win the draw, you just have to answer questions correctly in the parable. What did the servant whose debt had been forgiven do? Listening to The Breakfast Show this morning, and it's come time for our interview. And on the phone, we have all the way up in the Northern Territory, Pastor John Beck. John, are you there with us? Yeah, mate, here. Yeah, oh, fantastic. We're really, really glad that you could join us this morning. And this was kind of born out of a conversation that I was having with Danuta Stockwell on the show. We were talking about um, specifically like Aboriginal culture and religion. It's something that I have been learning about a lot lately in one of my classes at uni. And, And particularly in regards to their religion and then how we stand as Christians. And, and I had some questions and Danuna was like, oh, we should get John Beck on the show to talk about it because of your experience. And so before we get into any of those questions, I'd just love to, like to ask, obviously joining us from up in the Northern Territory, but, but what's your background, John? My background, well, I was born in Kalgoorlie. Mm-hmm. Um, I was 
raised out in a station with my dad. My dad was a um, a jackaroo, and he met my mum, who was a maid at the at um, one of the stations mm-hmm. called Ben Station. When she left Mount Margaret Mission, because when my my dad, my granddad passed away, um, the mission took my mum and put her into Mount Margaret Mission, and then after the mission, she got put out onto a onto a um, station. Mm-hmm. That's where she met my dad mm-hmm. and seven children after that. Wow! Yeah! Wow! So, wow! Oh, amazing! They really they really got to work, and so you've got a big family. Yeah, yes, yeah, got a big family. There's And there were 16 brothers and sisters in my mum's family. Mm, oh, wow. Okay, so amazing. Big, big family there, lots of connections. What up in the Goldfields area. Mm-hmm. So yes. you, you're in Kalgoorlie in Western Australia. How did you end up in the Northern Territory? Well, um, I went to Mamaratha Bible College after I finished um not enjoying myself, but destroying myself with the worldly things. Mm. I went to Mamaratha Bible College. We were the pioneers of it. We were the first lot of students, myself, Pastor Darren Garnett, Pastor Johnny Merrison, mm. Pastor Richie Reed, and others. Mm. And um, so, yeah, we went to Mamaratha College and then um, worked in um, uh, Perth. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, Gundawindi, then in um, back in Perth again, mm. and uh, in South Australia. So I was doing state work, absent work. That's Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Ministries. I was doing the state work um, for the last twelve years or so. Yeah. Oh, and amazing. Then, and then when Pastor Don Felberg retired, because I was already doing the Atson work in the States, looking after the Aboriginal communities, they asked me whether I'll um, yeah, fill in his shoes, mm. big shoes. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, this is the place where they wanted me to, base, to be based up in the Northern Territory to try and um, develop the work up here. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it sounds fantastic, and it sounds like you've had a really significant conversion experience as well um, that has led you to the place of, you know, now working for the Lord and, and being involved in ministry. Um, if, yeah, actually, I'd, I'd love to just ask if quickly if you could outline that um, just briefly, yeah, how it was that you came to the place where you're like, yes, I, I want to live my life for God. Um, <clears throat> well... I was into alcohol at first at a young age, or cigarettes first, peer pressure, mm. then alcohol, and then eventually onto drugs. And mm. I was, we used to go out and, um, as we used to say, rip off other people's crops mm. that they've grown. And we found this big crop, and um, one one year, my brother-in-law and I. And I decided to take mine across Western Australia, my share, mm. and 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 sell it and make some money out of it. And I got picked up, mm. um, trafficking drugs. Nuclear, mm. got six months imprisonment, and away from my late wife, her and my children. Mm. 
and um, sitting in jail in a little cell, thinking about the things that I've done and why I'm there and how did I get, how did I, how did I get there. Mm. And then um, I, two o'clock in the morning, couldn't sleep, and I just reached up, and I didn't even know the Bible was there on the top of a shelf, and for the first time in my in my life, I held the Bible in my hand. Wow. Um, and I said, Lord, if you're there, take this pressure out of my head. Mm. And, and instantly that pressure was gone, and I realized mm. at that point that there's something. And that happened twice wow. after that. Wow. And, and then all the temptations started coming more bigger, mm. like drugs started coming into my possession, and um, my uncle invited me to a revelation seminar. The first revelation seminar that was run by, run by Aboriginal, by run by an Aboriginal person for mm. Aboriginal people. Wow! Mm. And um, that was in Esperance, and my uncle, who was an advocate, invited me to attend the revelation seminar. Mm-hmm. And I, I said, yeah, because I've, um, I've experienced God already. Mm. And that's when other big bucketfuls, like five big um, packed um, containers come into our possession. My, my cousin just went out five kilometers out of town and found it underneath uh, one of them grass trees, black boy trees, mm. and um, came and gave it to us because my mate and I was pulling in telecom lines and using, selling the copper. And um, so we got that, and then my we was, you know, selling and partying. And then my uncle said, okay, you know, do you want to come along to the seminar? I said, oh, not just yet. So I put it off, kept putting it off, and then God kept on. Then the second time I had this experience again with pressure in my head, and I certain time I picked up the Bible and, it happened again instantly. The pressure was gone, mm. and um, and then I was finished off the seminar because it was a, um, I think it was thirty weeks or something. Wow. Um, and finished off the seminar, um, and then learned all about this amazing truth that we have, you know, the state of the dead and wow, these beasts. What the symbols, what they mean, you know, in Revelation, mm. and how to connect with Daniel and and our times that we're living in today. Mm. And then I basically said to my late wife, who who came along with me as well and supported me. She came from a um, another denomination, mm. but she came along and supported me, and we were both baptized at the same time. And said, "Wow, I've had enough of this prodigal living." Mm-hmm because we've had a taste of this, you know, godly living, and it was better than the prodigal living. Wow, so true. Yeah. Oh, and yeah, so we, and I've never looked back, and I, by the grace of God, I hope that I don't look back. Yeah, amen. Hey, that is incredible, a beautiful story there, and of course, you've made that decision, and now you've been brought, you know, working in the ministry, trying to reach others, and and how Danuta profiled you for us is someone who has 
specifically again as you and as you said doing the you know at sim work and whatnot is that you have been reaching you know your fellow countrymen um in that space and, and trying to reach them and out of that kind of birthed some questions that i had um now you've been doing this work and working with these people and obviously as you've shared you're a convicted christian i'm um, trying to reach people and and get them into the place where they are following jesus one of the questions that i had in my mind, um, is that is there a noticeable difference in the well-being or the, the lifestyle um, between Aboriginal people who participate in their cultural religion um, versus those that become Christian, and even versus those that are a-spiritual as well? When you're kind of, you know, encountering these people, are, are you seeing a, a big change in lifestyle, a big change in and, and well-being? I think is the other one there. Um, you know how they're doing and whatnot. What do you think about that question? Oh, definitely. You know, there's a big change. When you're following God's way, mm-hmm. um, compared to the worldly ways, mm-hmm. whether culturally or whether worldly, mm-hmm. you you see a big difference. Wow. Big difference, um, you know. You're, you're eating better. You're you're not partying all night. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. Because some some communities, when you go to, you know, um, yeah, you, 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 they go through ceremonies, and it it could happen late into the night. Like we were staying at one community, my my mate and I, the one I just finished doing a little tour with. Mm. Um, and right into the middle of the night, like two o'clock in the morning, you can hear this ceremonial singing and chanting and happening in the bush. It wasn't that far away from where we were sleeping. Mm. And you know, after you, after a while, if you keep on going, you know, in in those not parties but ceremonies, ceremonial kind of things, your body wears down after a while and you whereas if you get the eight hour sleep as we try and, you know, say mm-hmm. to get. Yeah, absolutely. Gonna be a big difference. It has to be mm-hmm. a big difference. Um and my mate actually he didn't hear it because he had earplugs in that night when he went to sleep. Mm. He he went for a walk across to the ceremonial grounds where they were doing the ceremonies. Mm. And I, I jumped out because I, I had a rooftop tent and he had his caravan. Mm. And I looked out and I saw him and his wife walking across to, to that, in that, that direction. And I called him. I said, um, you know, he picked up the phone. Thank God that he did. Mm. And well, he answered my phone, I should say. Um, and I said, don't go that way there because last night, you know, there was their money. He said, oh. So that's all these poles here for, because he was right in there. Mm. I better get out of here because <laughs> he was right in the ceremonial grounds. Mm. And that was just one experience. Um, and, um, but yeah, you can see a big, a big difference in the, the life, the mm. people who follow those and, and, and follow God. 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I ask because right now, uh, you know, there's lots of conversations around the Aboriginal community and whatnot, and and particularly maybe an encouragement to say, oh, this is this is the Aboriginal cultural religion, and this is something that should be participating in. But from your perspective, as someone who's a Christian, from what I can gather, it's like, hey, you know, let's put let's put God first, you know, let's live a life for him first and foremost. And obviously, you know, there, when we talk about the colonization of Australia, there were certain missteps that the, the missionaries took in dealing with the Aboriginal people. But from what I'm picking up from what you're saying, the best way that we can live um, in terms of our happiness and our well-being is a life with God. Mm. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. amen. Yeah, that's amazing. Hey, we've just got a... a couple minutes left. Is there anything else you'd like to, to share with us? Any other thoughts? Um, I was talking to someone last night. I'm back in Darwin now. I got back yesterday. You know, went out and saw a few people last night. Um, and there was another another man from the Kimberley area. Mm-hmm. And he was saying, and, and I heard this again on, the, on our journey last week, they were saying that, they were telling us the the dream time story, mm. but the dream time story, he was also connecting with the biblical story. And, um, because you can hear it. And I was saying, I was, I was questioning him and saying, so is this God? And they say, yeah, this is God. The dream, the stories that, that we know, they are from God. And, and I asked him the one up in the bush that I, that I think I said, have you ever played Chinese whispers? Mm. And, he said, yeah, most people play it, you know, because it's a good game, fun game that we used to play as young people. Mm. And you know, the, you know how it's played, you know, you get a, you, you tell a story to someone, you whisper it to them, and then they whisper it onto the next person, and then they whisper it onto the next yeah. person. And by the time it gets back, it's, there's part of it still there, but it's changed. Mm-hmm. And that is what it is with, with our, with the creation story, mm. creation story, you know, it was it was written down on in the in the Bible, but the the story that they may have passed on begin with the creation story, and as it went through the generations, it's changed, but part mm. of it is yeah. mm. Um, so if you if you trace it back far enough, you probably get the creation story. Mm-hmm. So because it's been passed on through verbal, through songs, through dance, the stories, mm-hmm. um, it's been changed. But you can still sit, hear the elements of the creation story woven into those um, dreamtime stories. And, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So what you see there is it's like, hey, you know, there's some some key and critical details that have changed of this. But obviously, you know, it's it's similar to the fact that there's, you know, all kinds of cultures around the world have a story of the flood and these kinds of things. But I think I think it's powerful what you're saying here is that, hey, but we've got the original. You don't have to trust the Chinese whisper. We can get back to what God has given us in his word. Yeah, and God designed it that it was written down, particularly the you know the Ten Commandments that was written in stone, on stone, and yeah. you know it's not going to go anywhere. It's there. It's there. To, it's it's recorded, mm-hmm. and it's been. You know, as you know, you know, it, people try to destroy the Bible. They try to 
get rid of it from the whole of the world. Mm-hmm. But still here, it'll, it'll never pass away. Yeah, amen. Hey, Pastor John Beck, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.